So where are we going? What are we doing in life? What is the purpose of our life? Are very common questions and questions that most of us have asked, going to ask, or at some point in our life really have to wrestle with that question. But if that's the reality of our human life, we can beg to question and ask, where are we going in our spiritual life? What is the purpose of our spiritual life? Where is the destination to our journey? We hear today in St. Paul's letter to Timothy that everything leads back to our goal, our purpose of growing in holiness and becoming holy. But where does that lead us to? Because being holy seems it's all about me. Who is holy? Who am I following to be holy? And where do I get the example of holiness from? That image, that direction, that purpose, where we're heading to and where we're going to be, our destination in our life is heaven. And technically, and in more, more concretely, in more an intimate, authentic relationship with the Lord, especially in the Trinity. So we hear in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, God himself is an eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and has destined us to share in that exchange. So we've come to the, the, the beginning and the buildup of our destination, our goal, and our journey of life, especially our spiritual life, is heaven. And that heaven and holiness ties into that relationship with the Trinity, which is love. So how do we make sense of our life? How do we understand our journey? I think we have to turn today to our gospel reading. We focus on the transfiguration of Jesus, how he glorifies himself on top of the mountain. But I think today in our gospel reading, it gives us a very beautiful illustration of our spiritual journey. It gives us the three basic pillar of our spiritual journey. First, we hear Jesus call Peter, James, and John to come join him. So the invitation and call. Secondly, where they're going is up to the mountain. In scripture, mountain plays a key part and a key in our understanding. Because the mountain in scripture is a place where one comes to encounter and experience the divine. And so as he leads them up to the mountain, he first experiences the divine through the appearance of Moses and Elijah. Secondly, through the transfiguration, the showing of God's glory to Peter, James, and John. And then we hear Peter say, can we set up three tents so that we can stay here? That, that phrase, that statement Peter makes plays a very crucial and important part, which I will get to later. And finally, the third part is coming down from the mountain, coming down from that experience of the transcendent, coming back to reality and really living that reality out forever. Because what is interesting is Jesus' statement at the end, don't say anything till the Son of Man has rose from the dead. 
It's not going to make sense is what Jesus is saying. What you've experienced up in the mountain is a transcendent and is a, a very challenging and difficult thing to understand, to comprehend. But it will all make sense, but not yet. Those three key pillars are the examples of our spiritual life. And those three things come in cyclical form throughout our life. It's just not a one and done thing. Every day, every moment of our life, we go through that experience. And sometimes we can get stuck in one of those three. We get stuck in the call and invitation to follow him. Because we're unsure of who and what we're following. Who is this God? Why do I have to follow him? What is the importance and significance of following this God? Secondly, we hear this image, this connotation, especially with our youth, commitment. We have a challenge and difficulty within our lives of committing to something and giving our lives completely and wholeheartedly over to something. We don't want to commit because we're afraid there's something better coming down the line. We're afraid of what's going to happen to us. All these what ifs. If I follow God, what is my life going to look like? Kind of as a kid discerning a vocation to the priesthood, that if question played a very crucial role. If I follow Jesus, I can't have wife and kids. That's a challenge. That's a difficulty. But think of it in your life. If I get married, I'm committing myself to remain faithful to one person and one person only. I can't go find another wife. I can't go find a better wife or husband. I'm committed. But sometimes that commitment brings about fear, tension, and challenge within our lives. The other image is we're living comfortably. Who wants to be challenged by, what we're, by our faith? Who wants to do anything? I'm okay with where I'm at. I'm okay with the way I'm living. I'm okay with what I have, and that's just fine. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to grow. I don't need to improve. I don't want anything else. I'm okay. We're just comfortable. So we really don't want to follow and listen to that call. The second part, the experience of transformation. We all have had an experience and an encounter with the divine, whether that's through prayer, where our prayers have been answered. We've come to witness to, to the power of God, to the love of God in miracles in other people's lives that we've heard about, that we've seen. Even in the times of desolation and struggle and pain and suffering, God has made himself present there, but have we recognized and see it? So these blessings have been showered and have been given to us. But the challenge and issue with experiencing the divine is we want to keep it to ourselves. We don't want to share it with anyone else. We're too afraid and want to stay there. So just like Peter, let me set up three tents for you, for Moses, for Elijah. It's great. Everything is so happy. Everything is so perfect. 
at that moment, that experience the contact with the divine, there's nothing else that matters. There's nothing else that can fulfill me, that can satiate that desire. Others want to live in that moment forever. I want to experience that divine. I want to be transformed. I want to do all these things. And I want to find it every moment in every part of my life. So when it doesn't appear or when they can't find that emotional experience, they can't find that transfiguration moment for them every day, they don't think God exists. It doesn't matter to them anymore because they seem to have failed. They seem to have missed this important moment in their life and they can't find and seek it again. And so therefore their identity, their faith begins to collapse like a tower, a house of cards. The other challenge and difficulty is when we encounter the divine, when we ourselves know and have experienced it, we don't, want to, we don't know what to do with it, how to make sense of it. Going back to the challenge and difficulty of the blessings during, the, during challenging moments, during moments of desolation, of sadness, of, of trial, how do we find and see God's blessing in those moments? How were those moments transformative and changing in our lives? We really care, could care less to, to see it because we're going to just complain to God, why haven't you been there and why would you allow this to happen to me? Finally, the set forth. This image, this invitation to the apostle, now that you've experienced this, now that I've called you, now you go to experience this, I need you to do something. I need you to put it into action. I need you to do something about what you've just experienced. So for us in our spiritual journey, we're called to live it out in action. We're not just a passive people. I'm sitting here, God, I believe you, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and it's done. I'm just going to sit here with the label Catholic across my forehead and do nothing about my life. Because I've been baptized. I go through the sacraments. That's really it. I don't need anything else. But instead, everything that we do, everything the Lord challenges us is a call to action. A call to live out what we've just experienced up at the mountain more fully every day and every moment of our life. But the challenge becomes when we come down the mountain, the Holy Spirit's not real. The third person of the Trinity is not real. Because the grace and the experience we just had there on the mountain calls us to use those gifts. Use what we have been given to share. Share those fruits. But instead, we want to keep it for ourselves. We're afraid of what God will do in our lives. Because we know when we commit, when we do that, when we live out that life, it's going to live and lead to challenges and difficulties. If I'm going to live a life as a married husband, as a married wife, I have to remain faithful to each other. So why would I tie myself down to one or the other person? It's better and it's more fun to just live a bachelor lifestyle, right? It's more freeing to just live the way the world calls us. I don't need to be transformed. I don't need to be changed. I don't need to do God's will. And in that, it requires uncomfortability. It requires us to be stretched and challenged. 
But who here really wants to be stretched and challenged? I just want to live my life to its fullest and enjoy myself. If I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat till I puke. If I'm going to party, I'm going to party till I can't party no longer, right? There's no need for him to be uncomfortable. But when we do something and commit ourselves and are transformed and changed by it, it's going to lead to uncomfortability. Look at your life as husband and wife. It was great. There's this honeymoon phase in marriage, right? You get married, everything seems great, everything seems beautiful. And then all of a sudden, the first argument occurs in your relationship. Or the first argument occurs as husband and wife. Is it as dreamy anymore? Is it as easy anymore? Is it as comfortable anymore? But once you overcome that challenge, your relationship with each other becomes stronger, becomes better, becomes more faithful and fruitful. The other question we have, especially coming down from that mountain, is what am I to do? How am I to live? Because I'm not ready, I'm ill-prepared, I'm not this great preacher, I'm not this great speaker, I'm not this great X, Y, and Z, I'm not a great catechist, I can't convey my faith. But the Lord will show you through the gifts of the Holy Spirit exactly what you say, exactly what you do, and how to use your gifts, your talents, and your treasures effectively in this church. This afternoon, I got to spend some time with the catechumens and the elect at their little retreat today. What was interesting was I got to see the fruits of the Holy Spirit enacted and lived out today in a very concrete and fruitful way. There was this older couple who volunteered to cook homemade spaghetti and meatballs for everyone. They didn't have to do it, but they were willing to give back. They've come to experience and receive such beautiful fruits from their faith, their relationship with God, that they're willing and wanting to give back and give more to the community. So they volunteered to cook a homemade spaghetti and meatball lunch, which was definitely delicious. They didn't have to say anything. They didn't have to go talk to anyone at the retreat. But at the end of lunch, I can begin to see the transformation and change in the, catech- in the elect, in the catechumens. Because in them, they came to see and experience and be witnessed by what it means to live out the Catholic faith fervently. To live and to see what it means to love each other, husband and wife, unconditionally. How the Holy Spirit has worked and transformed them, and so now they come back to transform and change others. They didn't have to say anything, but their actions, their deeds that they shared with everyone became the witness, became the testimony, became the words of encouragement to those on retreat. So my dear brothers and sisters, we get stuck in one of these three things. We get stuck at the call. We get stuck at the invitation, the transformation, the encounter. We get stuck when we go, come down the mountain and have to see reality, have to have the rubber meets the road. So what are we to do? How are we supposed to live that life? I think it begins 
with facing the reality, with facing our fears. Because one of the beautiful things is our work that we do, what I'm doing here, what you can do, what Deacon Larry, what Seminarian Ike is doing, is not our doing. What we're doing is participating in the mission and ministry of God. We hear the catechism. They are also entered deliberately into the divine plan by their actions, their prayers, and their suffering. Then they fully become God's fellow workers and co-workers for the kingdom. We're not doing our own will. We don't need to be concerned of where, what we have to do, what we have to say. But when we let the gifts of the Holy Spirit work in our lives, when we let the Holy Spirit prompt and move us and direct us, we know exactly where we're going. We know exactly what to do. I was sharing with someone at the table today over lunch. I'm kind of a type A personality. I like to plan everything out, build a schedule, work off a schedule, and if it's not in my schedule, I kind of just go crazy. But I've come to realize, especially in my two years here, it's great to plan to prepare. But always let the Holy Spirit, leave room for the Holy Spirit. Because what I found is as I leave room for the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit, there's always places and ministries and purposes that God has called me to be and where to be. Because at that table for lunch today, it wasn't a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe God's divine plan had a purpose for me there. And so as we were talking about the retreat and we were feeling, talking about things that are going on, there was a husband and wife who are very involved in, in ministry. But in conversation, I turned to them and said, I don't think you're in the right ministry. I don't think you're where God has called you to be and what you know, God has wanted you to live out and to share with the world. And what was funny was the couple across the table said, yes, Father, I know. Because yesterday I was telling them there's a specific ministry I think God wants you to, to live out, to share, to put into practice in this church. And so the Holy Spirit really works in our lives. And for no apparent reason, I had that urge to say that. But when you let the Holy Spirit work, it begins to allow you to just be an instrument of his grace, participate in the master plan of God, where I have no idea where it's going to lead the couple to, if they're really going to live out what we, we shared and talked about. But it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit to continue to live out my experience of the divine, my experience of the mountain, and coming back into reality. And now just not calling myself to a greater mission, to a greater ministry, but challenging others in this cycle of my spiritual journey to live out their own call faithfully, fervently, and with vibrancy and with excitement. So the question for us today is where are we at in our spiritual journey? Where are we stuck in that cycle of our spiritual journey? What are the fears that are hindering us from truly living out the gifts of the Holy Spirit? From listening to the love that God has that we're participating in, in the love of the Trinity, to share that love with those around us, to be instruments of his master plan. 
Let us, split, let us spend this Lent through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving to begin to figure that out, to live out our spiritual journey more fruitfully and faithfully every day and every moment of our life. Amen.